If you believe he's worthy, shout Jesus. Oh, come on, shout Jesus. One more time, shout Jesus. Amen, amen. Hey, give this worship team a big hand. Are they awesome or what? Well, I got back to Kentucky, and now all the fun allergies again. I had that salt water for two and a half weeks, and now this. But God, <clears throat> hallelujah. But I am thankful for this because I missed you guys. I'll just stand over here looking around, seeing faces. I miss everybody. Uh, amen. On the behalf of uh, Pastor Steph and I, we just personally want to thank you guys, all of you guys that sewed into that trip for us for our birthdays and it was just one of the funnest things, probably the funnest thing we've ever done. Uh, we got to jump in on Gabby's bucket list, swimming with sharks. And at first, you know, I'm like, are we going to be in a cage? No. So I tried to act not scared, right? So Pierce and I were eating at this restaurant, a pool restaurant there by the, at the hotel. And this one gal was there, and she said her husband's a captain on a boat and all this. And I said, yeah, so we're talking about going shark diving, you know, just with snorkel stuff on in your swimming trunks. Three miles out in the ocean, I don't know how deep it was, but it was deep. And uh, I said, what do you think about that? She said, oh, my eight-year-old son did it last year. I said, well, that's it. I'm doing it now. I'm a... <laughs> I had told you about it, Pierce dude, but I was, I was like, we're doing it. He's the first one in the water. He's ready then. That's the funnest thing we've ever, Steph and I, I think we've ever done as far as adventure. And again, we did the cliff jumping and all that and just hiking and hanging out. So give, just give yourselves a big hand. Thank you, guys. We are honored that you would love us and sow into us. And we had great family time. We got to be with Dr. Chuck Balsamo, Brother Chuck, while... Corey got all hitched up and married up and all that good stuff, so that was a blast. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your sweet, sweet anointing. I thank you for our Bethel family and the season we are in right now and what we are moving into, this, this revival, God, you, we call it a move, a revival. I don't really care. It's your glory being manifested, and I'm just so pumped about what you're revealing to us. I'm so excited about what you ministered through Pastor Mark over the past couple weeks and what you're going to have for us today and what's in the coming weeks. And we just give you the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, come on, everyone said. So uh, back in 2005, God gave me a word, sitting at a kitchen table in the middle of the night in the summer of 2005, and he said, and I had a divine encounter with God, and God said, you're going to have divine encounters with me, and, and in that conversation, and he said, and it's going to bring my presence and my peace, and then he said, it's going to be a divine encounter as Moses had in Exodus 33, uh, verses 14 through 15, and he said, my presence will go with you, I will give you rest, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. What I want you to realize is rest is not always not being active. Rest is being at peace that passes our own understanding. Rest is whenever we're comfortable no matter what. And, you know, someone said, well, Pastor Steph, were you scared? Or your, your heart rate going? She said, I was at first, and then as soon as we got in, just peace came all over me. You know, because they, they're telling you before you get in, because when we got up there, it's so funny. So they tie you up out here three miles out. You go on this little dinghy boat, you know, they tie you up. And uh, I told the family, I said, I think I'm going to take extra life insurance out on you guys and let you all just, I'll just not go today. They didn't go for that. 
I think they wouldn't throw me in first anyway. But uh, so we get out there, and they said, well, there was only four or five sharks out here this morning. We'll see how it is. You just never know. We pull up. They're tying us up. I see five or six, I mean, long sharks. It's longer and longer than that, that whole thing there. And they're just swimming under, and we're all looking at each other like, well, is this where it's supposed to be? They're like, it'll all be good. They said, now, here's a few things you got to realize. If they come at you, and they usually dart at you, stare at them. Somebody said, well, why are we just going to stare at them? said, well, if you don't, if you look away, they'll think you're their prey. I'm like, okay, I got a plastic goggle mask and my swimming trunks and a little hose going to, okay. Then he said, well, what if they come real close to you? Then you take your foot out and just, if you hit them in the face if you have to, but just take your foot out and hold your flipper out. And I'm like, man, that don't seem, they said, don't worry. If they do take a bite out of you, they don't like humans. You're too salty. They'll just go on. You're not a seal. But it was a blast, and we'd be down there swimming around, and, and, and all of a sudden you'd see the guys over here shoot a few away. Here they come. Boom, you're looking at them. You're like, it, it was a rush. I don't know why I got on that, but it was fun. <clears throat> Rest. And so Steph said, see, tied it all in. So Steph, so Steph said, man, it was like at first I was a little anxious, and then just rest and peace just came all over me. And it was like that for all of us. It was such a, such a fun time. But what I want you to realize, one of the things that cost the children of Israel their entire generation and not allow Moses or them to go into the promised land to take Jericho, uh, Hebrews, I think it's verse chapter 4, it is, where God said they did not stay in the rest of his faith, R-E-S-T, of his faith. See, when you're in faith, you, you're in a rest state. You can be active, you can be moving, you can be prophesying, but you're, or you can be sleeping, but you're in a rest state. That means that you're comfortable, you're relaxed in your own skin, you're relaxed in your spirit, and you know God is moving. And so in that, when God said that to me back in 2005, and he, and he said, it's like this scripture, and he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to Moses, if your, and then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Moses is like, if your presence is not going with us, don't move me. I'll just stay right where I am. For, that, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people upon the face of the earth. What was he saying? He was saying, God, I don't, I don't want to do what's next without you. I, I don't, I don't want to look back. And, but I do want to go forward. But if you're not in it, I don't want to do it. Anybody else feel that way this morning? Now, as you know, 17 years ago, God gave me the vision of two streams coming together. Integrity and faith. God said, this is a vision for your life, son. And, two, and 17 years ago, he said, you're going to bring two streams together. Integrity and faith in my word and demonstration and manifestation of my glory. And we talked a lot about in the word and faith and, and your identity and all these things. But today I'm going to talk about glory. Everybody say glory. Because this conference is coming up. We have some powerhouse men coming in here. I'm just telling you, Pastor Toye, Pastor Isaac, and all these guys. It, it's just going, Oh, and we added one of our all-time favorites, Dr. Coy Barker, is going to be here too. And uh, he'll be opening with me. Me and him will be opening on Thursday night. You do not want to miss it. Friday night, okay, I, you sure we can't start Thursday? Okay, Friday, I'm ready, I'm just saying, I'm ready. 
And uh, it's going to be a power-packed weekend, Saturday mornings and then Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Sunday night, I want to do something with you, if the Holy Spirit allows me, and I believe he will. Uh, Dr., uh, Brother Shambach did it at the end of all of his camp meetings, and he'd do what's called a fire tunnel. And you would have anointed men and women up here at two lines, and then you'd just start around the building. We've done it before many times, and you'll just come through and get old, hit, smacked, slapped, anointed, and all that good stuff. You'll either get drunk and fall out or get knocked out. Either way, it's good. It's just good. And uh, no, it'll be powerful. And, and I know that there's going to be so many signs and wonders because here's the thing. These guys coming in that we're in covenant with, and they are key leaders for Bishop Oyedipo who were under his ministry in Nigeria. Uh, they operate in such a strong spirit of prophecy. Everybody say prophecy. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or discerning of spirits. Uh, I, that, that's a form of prophecy. But what I'm talking about is the spirit of prophecy, when it comes, it gives words, it gives direction. But what it does, it magnifies what they're speaking, and they'll just start speaking it over and over at the end of their, toward the end of their message or during their message, and you'll be calling it back. And all of a sudden, there'll be things that you didn't even think you caught when you leave here. It'll be in your spirit, just jumping and screaming. I, I mean, it just like accelerates it 10 to 50 to 100 times what it would for you to get revelation. Everybody say revelation. Because without revelation, we can't really see God. It takes revelation to see God. Remember, I was ministering to you before I left about hiddenness. And we, we're in seasons of hiddenness, and we say, well, I don't know, I'm not up for some revival or conference. I, I, why? Well, you know, I'm, I'm just dealing with anxiety. You need to be there. Well, I'm just operating in fear. You need to be there. Well, I'm just having financial stress. You just need to be there. I'm having marital problems. You definitely need to be there. What, all those things qualify you even at a higher level. Or you say, hey, everything's good in my life. I just want to be more anointed. You need to be there. You need healed. You need to be there. Why is that? Because God always honors his word. And God has a word on this, multiple words on this house. And it's up to us as Prophet Trout said, to fight the good fight of faith for the words, the prophetic words he's given us over this house. And this is the number one prophetic word God gave me over my life. And if you've been here very long at all, you've seen miracles, right? You've, been, have, you've had miracles and signs and wonders. And, and here's what's going to happen. Bringing these powerhouses together. When I go minister for them in California and in Houston the past several years, we have miracles. The Avery's are there, Steph's there and all. We have miracles like crazy. It's just like as I say a hot knife cutting butter, you know, that's Eastern Kentucky stuff. It just melts. Because they're so hungry, they have miracles. They have the dead rays and all that. But it's not normally right in the midst of the people. It's the faith, the prophetic, and it happens in the community. And what we're going to do is bring that spirit of prophecy with us, activating and manifesting God's glory instantaneously. Look out. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't miss it for nothing in the world. And, and in that, there's going to be divine encounters for you for, for purpose, for revelation, for healing, for freedom, for growth, for financial uh, blessing, all these things you're believing for. So you definitely want to be here with us in that. Now, in saying that, it's not my first day out. So uh, pro uh, prophetess Gwen, Miss Gwen, also prophetess, she's uh, my spiritual mama. And uh, she had this prophecy, God given her, gave her about, oh gosh, over a month ago now, and I took some of the highlights. I read it to you a few weeks ago, but I want to read a couple highlights out of it, and then God added to it that, that following Tuesday. 
And so when Pastor, remember she was worshiping and I hugged her and held her hand and she just, woo, went out right there. I said, leave her alone. God's speaking to her. And she said, when Pastor held my hand coming off the altar, uh, coming down from the altar, uh, held my hand coming to the altar during worship, it was like something was shot right at my hands, up through my arm. It was strong. I felt it. I think I got more of her anointing than she got of mine. I'm just saying. Because I felt it strong on her. I think it was strong with the anointing. I felt it was all you. I know that it was an impartation. See, the key is you got to learn to walk in. If you're going to learn to walk in God's glory, God's glory, doxa, means God manifested or God made visible, God seen. And I'm going to talk to you about the different ways God shows up through his glory. And, 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 and with that comes impartation. Impartation. A lot of things in the kingdom you teach, but the big stuff you catch. Look how many times that Jesus uses the illustration of fishers of men and who were some of his key disciples, fishermen. Why? Because it's about fishing. It's about, it's about catching and releasing and all those things. When you catch revelation, then you can release the revelation. You can live on the revelation. You can eat from the revelation. You can be healed from the revelation. And that's what's going to be happening all weekend, this weekend. I'll just clear my schedule out and be here. And, and then she said, the Lord began to speak to me, and I sat down, and you had gone up to the pulpit. I was trying to open my eyes so I could see, see you or whatever. And then she said, Pastor, I could not see you. I couldn't see you. Uh, I couldn't see you. All I saw was a bright light. Well, Jesus is the light of the world, right? His, he is the light. Of, everybody say, Jesus is the light of the world. So it wasn't me. She was receiving revelation and impartation of something she was seeing that was not in the natural. What is supernatural? When you put super on natural, when something that doesn't happen out of the ordinary, something happens out of the ordinary or spectacular that couldn't happen any other way. And she said, all I saw was this bright light. I kept trying to see. At first, I thought maybe it was the lights on the pulpit that I was seeing, but no. The light was so bright. I could not see you, and I just kept trying to look. I kept trying to open my eyes, but the light was so bright that I, that I had to, to keep closing them up again. What is that? That's God's manifested glory, and we'll talk about that. What is it? His glory being visible, his presence being, presence being felt, being seen. And just like in Moses in Exodus 33, when he, in 32 and 33, when he wanted to see God's face, God said, what? Said Moses, no man can live if he sees my face. He'll die instantly. Why? Because God's presence, his holiness, his power, his anointing is so strong. If you're not totally pure and, and, and in a spirit state, you would just, you'd just evaporate. You'd just burn up. And it's, just, it's just a reality of how powerful. Imagine all the nuclear plants and all the other stuff all in one. It wouldn't even come close to who God is and the power he is and the power he operates in. So what she was seeing was God's glory manifesting and God was giving her a vision about that. Uh, so it was, she said, but the light was so bright that I had to keep closing my eyes over and over. She said, it was the people, the church. They were on the edge of their seats. It was like every one of us on the edge of their seats. Now she's talking about what's coming, what's happening. She's like, it was like we were on the edge of our seats, the people, the church. It was like, uh, it's, uh, and it was like they were pulling from this light. 
They were pulling from this light. They were pulling and they were pulling. What are you doing? You're, you see, you draw revelation out. A lot of times people say, well, that speaker was boring or that speaker didn't really do nothing for me. Well, the problem is you didn't do nothing to pull from that speaker. You can get revelation. You, you can get anything from someone if you'll just listen and you'll open your heart and you will be intentional. God will give you something that maybe they don't even have. I've gotten revelation off people and they didn't even have the revelation. And they've done the same with me. But God will use a donkey if he has to, if you'll be intent about watching and seeing what that donkey's going to say. I can take you an Old Testament tell you where a donkey talks nine times. So, um, so it says, she said this. She said that, that they were pulling on that light, pulling on that anointing revelation, obviously. And that's what I heard in my spirit. You have a group that's coming and is seeking Jesus. They are coming we're coming to seek Jesus and no one else. See, that's what happens. We're coming into the house of God, the temple of God, what? Not to seek man or to seek people or to seek identity. We're coming in here to seek Jesus. And as we get filled over and over with Jesus, then we will be the light to the world. You believe that this morning? Uh, this is, then she said, this is supernatural transformation. And to have it, there has to be a new mindset. Everybody say a new mindset. That we had to be truly hungry and thirsty for the word of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek what first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things you're believing for will happen for you. Well, what is it? When you're seeking him, you're, you're seeking his person, his identity, but he also, you're also going to be able to share in his attributes. You see, it's kind of like, you know, with me, you get Marion Dalton, Pastor Dalton, whatever, and then you get my, whatever attributes God's given me and how I prepare my, that's what? That's attributes, that's gifts, that's talent. That's all attached to my DNA, my identity, and all the other things, my obedience and so on, and, and being stupid and learning the hard way. You, you remember those a lot better, right? So we all do that. So whenever we begin to do that and we seek Jesus in that manner, that's when the revelation comes. That's when your identity begins to grow and get deeper and increase more and more and more. And she said, uh, thirsty for the things of God, and we are headed that way. Everybody say, headed that way. That we no longer coming just to a church service at Bethel, but we're coming to a movement. Everybody say, a movement. Now, she said, it's a movement that we are coming for. Everything at Bethel is growth connected. It has growth connected to it. When you're connected, so I was going to take this whole thing, and I think I'm going to do it for the conference, and teach you the seven key things that God did for Jacob whenever Jacob wrestled with God and also whenever Jacob was there at the place called Bethel, the house of God, which also talks about the presence of God and the ladder from heaven dropped down. And that's the first time that, that, that the presence of God had opened up and the first time that it was talking about God's place, God's gathering, where it was open and you could visibly see angels go back and forth. And that's why we named this church Bethel Harvest church. Bethel is talking about a church that's full of his presence, a church that's hungry for his presence, his power, his gifts, whatever he wants to do, salvation, filling in the Holy Spirit, educating people how to grow, how to build businesses, how to do family, all those things. What is it? It's attached to the prophetic word that God gave us. So God gave us a word that this would be a church of the Gentiles. And I said, what do you mean, God? He said, it's, it'd be like you'd be at a UK football game and, and your church is going to look like the audience in the football game. Well, look around. And one of the testimonies that Meg was reading, a, a, a young lady said, well, you know, we have some racial tension and that, but when you all came, you just looked like our community. 
See, you see, you didn't get that, did you? See, I, I broke the habit a few years ago going, I don't do it anymore. My wife scolded me so many times, I finally stopped it. Because right there would have been a good time to go and just go on and not say a word like that. Went over your head. Or you were asleep. I don't know. Anyway, that's good. Say that was good, Pastor. Make me feel good, people. I'm still getting used to the time change, you know. Love on the brother here. So, so thirst for it. Then said, this is a movement that's coming, and everything with Bethel has growth connected to it. So whatever you're believing for, if you'll get the revelation and connect in this house, that's why I bring all these different men and women of God in here, because it all comes through relationship. Number one, relationship with Jesus, and then relationship with those you're in covenant with. You're in covenant with. When you're in covenant with someone, it's like it is with God. Whatever they have is yours and whatever you have is theirs. Now it means whatever we have is ours. So there isn't anything you can't get from this group that's coming in this weekend. Um, now, it says, um, uh, and if that we just fall in line with what God is doing, supernatural transformation will take place. Then she said, and on Tuesday, he woke me up and I saw I saw, I saw a ladder in the sanctuary. So, you know, that, that's that prophetic dream I had also when we plant, before we even planted the church, what God showed me about the name and stuff about the name. She said, this ladder in the sanctuary and the people in the sanctuary, but I saw it and there was angels that were going up and down the ladder. Angels that was coming and angels that were going and angels that were ministering to people all over the sanctuary. Angels were ministering to people all over the sanctuary and just receive, they were just receiving it, receiving it, receiving it. Remember when we were talking about, about, about Bill Walton, right? How to what? We call on our angels, use our angels, release our angels. And she said that was happening. And he said, that, and he said she said, then God said, individuals will experience transformation. Families will experience transformation. Leaders of ministry will experience transformation. And then he said, the waters are being stirred. It's time to get in. There is to be no limitations, no doubting, no hesitation, and no blaming. Everybody say no blaming. It's time to get in. So anytime God is ready to move, remember this, the passage I teach you every so often about the pool of Bethesda? It means a place of grace or place of outpouring. And remember when Jesus healed the man that had been crippled 38 years since birth, and he went up and talked to the man at the pool. He said, why are you lying here? He was paralyzed on his back. He said, well, I have no man to, to put me in the water because the first one in the water, it says the angel of the Lord, when the angel stirs it, the first one in it, no matter who it is, gets instantly healed. And that word stir means to rasso, to agitate, to stir. And he said, if I don't have a man to put me in, and Jesus said, take up thy bed and walk. And he got up and he walked and he was healed that very instant, that moment. Now, what was Jesus illustrating? He said, you don't need a man, you need me. I said, you don't need a man, you need Jesus. All we're doing is showing you Jesus. When you see me and you up here and I'm laying hands and people's backs are crooked and they start straightening out or a leg grows or an eye, blind eye opens or deaf ear, that's not me. I'm just, a con. I'm just crazy enough to believe God and love him enough to know he loves us enough that he's just looking for somebody wild and crazy enough to take a chance, Amen. to do it. Well, if he can do it for me, he's no respecter of persons. Amen. He can do it for you. Right. Say, so he can do it for me. Not only in healing, but anything you're believing for and anything you need God to move in your life. <clears throat> and he said that we're going to experience that. Uh, so, so, so that we can expect this. So this is good, and I'm getting ready to go on with the message here. 
so that we cannot be fearful and we cannot go back to where we came from. You can't go forward looking backwards. If you do, you're going to skin your knees and bump the side of your head, right? You're going to hurt yourself. People in the kingdom, they're trying to do this, and they wonder why I'm not really moving, or they're going in a circle because they're doing this, and by the time they turn their head, they're off target. The anointing represents the targeting of God. It's targeting the things of God. Um, so anyway, she said that the people of God, we have to experience freedom and so forth, and we don't have to worry, run back to concentrate uh, that was the word. We got to stop, don't concentrate on the worry, on the fear, on the things that's distracting us. Don't focus on what the enemy is, enemy is doing. Focus on what God is doing. God said, focus on what I am doing. And then goes on to say, and God said, have you ever encountered growth or a move um, or sparing without sparring or sparing? I can't, without jumping, I can't read my own topic here. The, the enemy jumping in some kind of way. So, we, we don't have, look at this, so we don't have to be concerned. Yes, we are going to pray. So when, when things are coming up, how many of you just had some unusual things this month just come up like that just bothers me or that bugs me or you know it's an attack, just wave at me. If you, if you haven't, then I want to hang out with you because you're really anointed. I know everyone in here has. I'm not an idiot. I've done this 40 years, so I know. And I'm just 39. I don't know how I did it for 40 years. So, um, so, so whenever you learn about the stirring and the agitation, angels are going to show up where the problems are too. Not just whenever the good stuff's there. They want to show up. Holy Spirit wants to show up and show out and show off on your behalf. But angels can be all around you and you'll never know it. Holy Spirit can be healing people on the left of you and the right of you and you don't get a thing. And you're just like, well, why didn't that happen? Because it takes revelation. It takes... Uh, Openness, it takes hunger, it takes being present, showing up. Uh, so we don't have to be concerned. Yes, we're going to pray against it, and we're going to pray and stop the hand of the enemy, but we're going to concentrate our focus on God, not on what the enemy is doing. The water is stirred. It's time to get in. No more limitations. No more hesitation. It's time to get in. Anybody ready to get in? I said, anyone ready to get in? And I, I read that to you. That's just some excerpts from her prophecy, and I think we got it posted somewhere. And if you want to trust anyone's word from God, you, you, you trust Miss Gwen. So, man, I feel like I'm going to run 110 miles an hour right now. Hallelujah. That's not a bad thing. I'm just afraid I'm losing you. I'm just not keep, you're not keeping up because I'm, okay, open sesame. There you go. So, let's go back to Glory. Everybody say glory. <clears throat> so what I want to talk to you about is two streams coming together, integrity and faith in God's word and demonstration and manifestation of his glory. And Haggai chapter two, verse nine, it, glory is critical. And if you all go out and try, there's some books out there now. When I started studying this 25 years ago, there, there, you couldn't find a book on it. But I should write one really. But anyway, now you can find some on it in presence a little bit. But Haggai, Chapter 2, verse 9 says, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. Talking about the house of God because they had been taken into slavery by Babylon and all that stuff. And they finally came out and they were not building the wall like they should and get the temple built. And God had to get on them and the prophets had to get on them. But what God was saying is, you can build this, every how you build it, it doesn't matter the latter house is going to be greater than the former. The end time house is going to be greater than the beginning. Everybody say 
That's me. Thank you, Jesus. Say, that's me. Thank you, Jesus. Well, seven of you got it. God bless the rest of you. Go home. So, hey, <laughs> just messing with you. Um, so basically what he's saying is, hey, guys, saying the New Testament covenant we have, God doesn't do away with the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. It's, it's like this. The Old Testament is good. The New Testament is what? Gooder. Gooder, right? That, that way you remember. It's just better. It's gooder. And, and, and Jesus didn't come to do away with anything. He came to fulfill everything. I said, Jesus didn't come to do away with anything. He came to fulfill everything. So ba basically what he's telling us is uh, that we are to be focused on not the old, but the new. Not the past, but the future. That's what we're to be focused on. Everybody say, that's what I'm focusing on. <clears throat> and so actually the Old Testament is the, the Bible teaches us that the temple was made with hands. And the presence of God was where? In the third court, the Holy of Holies. You had your outer court, you had thanksgiving and praise, right? And then you had your inner court, worship, and then you had your Holy of Holies. And remember, the priest couldn't even go in. They'd put a little bell and a string on him because he'd have to go in for people's sins and he didn't know if he's going to make it out alive or not. The power and presence of God is, was that strong. Now, you think about the power and the presence of God in the old temples, that were built by hands. But now the Bible says you're the new temple. Say, I'm the new temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says what? Know, you, know, ye that, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So it's no longer getting into, you know, what was. And, I, and I'm just telling you, wine, you don't ever put new wine in old wineskins. Why? Old wineskins, unless they have been refurbished with oil, olive oil, they will, they will crack, they will break, and they will leak. Why? Because new wine is still fermenting. It's still agitating. Old wine's done. It is what it is. But new wine is going to expand. It's going to move. It's going to agitate. It's going to do things. It's going to stir things. It's going to blow things up. And I want you to realize, if you think you're going to handle this move of God with your old attitude, your old way of living, your old way of giving, your old way of loving, your old way of serving, I'm not saying that's bad. It can be great. This is just going to be greater. Everybody say, it's going to be greater. And, and, and in this end time, we're in the end time right now, right? And in the, uh, sorry, RTC, I just hit that. But it, we're in the end time, right? And so what I want you to realize is you are living out the prophetic words from God. You're in the midst of what God wants to do right now in planet earth, on planet earth. And what a great time. I'd much rather be born in this time than in the beginning. How about you? Especially y'all that love toilets and showers and all that. You better be, you better be saying amen. <clears throat> I'll just slow down a minute. <clears throat> so as we look at this, and we moved, God has moved us from a temple made with hands, one kind of, one level of glory, to the next level of glory. And he said, we are that temple. Now, the Hebrew word I shared with you, one is kabod, and it means weight or heaviness. It's something that's weighty. And that's the Hebrew word. And then the Greek word for, for glory, and the Greek word for glory is doxa. And doxa means appearance, manifestation, splendid array, like light, radiance, dazzling luster. I, I look at it as just God being seen because we're going to find out. You say, well, what is the glory? 
Well, that's the wrong question to ask. It's not what is the glory of God. You can't define it. You've got to identify who the glory of God is. So that's where it's coming for right there. I'm going to show you scripturally that we're not looking for what. When you say what, that's the attributes from the who. <laughs> 1 Corinthians says this, 4.17 says, For our affliction, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceedingly, exceeding an eternal weight of what? Glory. Of God's manifestations, God's presence, God's encounters, God's revelation, God's attributes, faith, hope, love. There's none greater than those, right? But after faith, hope, and love, you know, a lot of people, most people have the faith to get to heaven. I'm born again. When I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm not perfect. I'm going to heaven, right? Why? Well, I'm saved. But they don't have faith to be healed. They don't have faith to prosper. They don't have faith to walk in peace. Whenever, they, whenever they're laying like this and they pass away, that's the most peace they ever looked like they had. But you're already in eternity, didn't you? You're not even in your body. And what I want you to do is this next step that we're moving into, Miss Gwen was talking about as well, this splendid array, this manifestation of God. The more you get around God, the more God gets on you. I said the more you get around God, the more God gets on you. If somebody's going to rub off on you, you, you want it to be God, don't you? There's this buddy of mine. He's, he's deceased now. He's a, he's a great buddy. We've grown up. His name was Jeffrey Parsons. And me and Jeffrey were ornery little dudes, about fifth, sixth graders. And I, it was summertime. Mom worked two, three shifts all the time. And so, you know, I was going to stay on night, a few nights with my buddy, Jeffrey. And he had this white blonde hair, his big glasses. He's a hoot. He's kind of in a little rebellious state even more than me. And so we're, so every time I go over there, I come back and, you know, you ever heard of smart Alec? I don't know who Alec is. Who is Alec? You little smart Alec. You're lucky it wasn't too bad you're getting a letter with the E, right? It could be something else. You little smart Alec. So I'll never forget mom came home. She's wore out. And she told me to be home by a certain time. I couldn't stay another night. So I get home. I'm in there. I'm puffing and puffing. I'm mad. I'm, Why couldn't I just stay at Jeff's? It's crazy. I mean, just sitting here. Just get ready and go to bed. Okay. She's wore out. Got her feet propped up. I go in the refrigerator like some young, you know, 12-year-old. Oh, refrigerator, grab a carton of milk. I don't even think they have cartons anymore. I guess if you're at one of the fancy places they have it now. And I just start chugging that half a gallon of milk because we didn't have pop or nothing. I'm like drinking that milk. She come out and hit me on that. What are you doing? My God, she takes that from me. And I said, what do you mean? I'm thirsty. Who are you? You're not Jeffrey Parsons. I didn't give birth to Jeffrey Parsons. Jeffrey Parsons don't live in my house. And I'm going to kick Jeffrey Parsons' butt till my son comes back. Go to bed. Huh, okay. What happened was Jeffrey was rubbing off on me more than I was rubbing off on him. But now let's take it to the positive. What happens when you get around God and he rubs off on you more than the world? Would his attributes of healing, of faith, of hope, of love rub off on you more than fear, anger, anxiety, unforgiveness, and illness? Hmm. This is what glory is all about. And it's a weighty matter, right? It says it's weight. So when we look at this, guys, and you study out these definitions, and you begin to realize that, and been, I've done it by practice over the years of, how do you grow in the gifts of the Spirit, the, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit? By practice, by reason of use, the Bible says. What does an attorney do? They practice law. A doctor practices what? Medicine. 
So you're practicing something. That's a practice. In other words, you don't know it all, you're working it. Everybody say, I'm working it. And the more you work it, the more you'll learn. The more you work it, the more you'll know what to do and what not to do. And have that, you'll be at a certain level. Now, Haggai 2.9 could read like this. The glory of the last days of the church is going to be greater than the glory of the first days of the church. Really, when you think about church, the first time the presence of God opened on a spot with a person was right there when heaven opened up for Jacob, the deceiver. And heaven, it was an open heaven over him for ever how many days or whatever it was, it was an open heaven over him. And God did seven major things in his life. Oh, I can't wait to teach you that. But anyway... Now, that was the beginning. Now look at the church. Well, what is the church? The church is who? It's us. The church is who? The body of Christ. In the Bible, we find out that the temple, we are the temple for what Holy Spirit to live in. So wherever Holy Spirit is, that's where God's treasure is. Wherever his treasure is, that's where his house is. Say, he's in my house. So it's not a building. You know, buildings are necessary for certain things. It's, it's not a, a title, a name, a religion. It's a relationship and it's Holy Spirit living in your life and being blood-bought and born again through the power and the name of Jesus Christ, our grace, our hope, our faith, and our love. You believe that this morning? Saved by grace through faith. So what I want you to realize is that the closer that we go to the end of time, which could be in the next minute, we don't know, the stronger God wants the church to be. Because he said his promise, one of the things that God gave Jacob was promises, right? He promised him, changed his name, all that. And what I want you to realize, when you have an encounter with God, he's releasing promises over you. We have books back there of people that have prophesied and spoke promises over this house that we know was of God. We've seen some of them. We haven't seen a lot of them. But we, we're, we're not naive. We understand that we got to keep practicing. we got to keep moving. we got to keep working. Well, and then what happens sooner or later, those promises you see that equipment out there? I worked 12 years on that thing. Got laughed at, ran at. I mean, people quit, start, you know, realtors look at me like, yeah, we want it. And it didn't sell in six months. Oh, they leave, starting all over, dealing with zoning and planning with the city, with the state, doing all these things. 12 years I did that. 12 years I did that. And Becca and some of these, and Rhonda and Steph and all these on them, and, and you guys too, Priscilla and them, you know, you all, you all been in the church and watched me meet with engineers and attorneys and government officials and be on the phone. Oh, but I thought you were a pastor. What is a pastor? Shepherd? What's a shepherd? They take care of the sheep. What am I doing? I'm trying to work with you together. We take care of the sheep. So this is a debt-free ministry for the next generation, and they don't pay a bank anything. Every penny goes toward the kingdom. But that don't just happen because it feels good and you want it. That don't just happen because God gave you a word. God gave me a word, a step a word, before we bought this land right here. We were only three years old, I think, when we bought this. And, and God said, this place, and I prophesied it on it. It just came out of my spirit on a Sunday morning in one of our four, three services and whatever, over there at that church, the other place at Clay's Mill. I don't even... I rarely ever drive by there. Other people, oh, I just miss the old days. Well, then go over there. There's somebody over there to hang out with them. I left it. The day I left it, I blessed it. Y'all be blessed. We moving on because God said move on. Moving on up to the east side, as George says. So why did I say that? Oh, said that to this point, and at that point, we had planned a church, and, and we 
renovated the warehouse, and then we had bought our first building, and we were getting ready, we were already buying this land, and, and I just spoke it out of my spirit, and God said this to all of us. He said, up to this point, this house has been built mainly on yours and Pastor Steph's faith. But from here on, it's not enough. From here on, it takes everyone's faith. Everyone's faith to do what he wants to do. I'm telling you now, the seat you're sitting in, somebody paid for it. The carpet your feet's on, somebody paid for it. Those air conditioners and units, you might have paid on them. We replaced them twice at least. Sorry, you might have had something in on that. What, it, what am I saying? Somebody before you has paid the price. Now it's time for you. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about anointing. I'm talking about commitment. I'm talking about buy-in. I wonder how long it will be. You know, because we did this thing, Love for Lexington, for multiple years on 3rd Street down there, bought a building and did all kinds of cool stuff. Everybody said, he's a rambling. I'm a rambling man today. Hallelujah. Sometimes you get, uh, you know, uh, what is the hard rocker, the... Heavy metal guy, today you're getting a rambler, right? I'm just rambling. Now, if you think that's a car, you're way old, right? <laughs> See it if you're awake. Or if you are, it's good. So, anyway. <laughs> so, I said all that to say, what did I say right before I got up here? Huh? Being here, commitment. Oh, I know. I'm going to put my foot up right over here and say it, Tria, right here. I'm going to say it like it. Well, I don't want, that's pretty expensive. You know how much that thing is? That little thing right there is almost $3,000. That, that little thing right over there on that thing, that, you notice how much it sounded better here? Is it seventy-five or seven, eight hundred dollars for that little thing over there? Now, huh? So, huh? I'm holding you to it because yesterday it's $7,500. You must have got a deal. So, now... Those two are not paid for, so anybody that wants to pay 15000 or take one, you can jump in. So anyway, I'm putting my foot right here, but it did sound great today, right? I wonder, I really wonder, we've been doing this now for almost two years for the city. Back when we did the other thing, it's called Love Lexington. Now Canes even has our stuff. But I saw six, eight years later, Love Lexington stuff, people painting it on their cars. I'm like, we've been doing that for eight years. I wonder how long it would take, Terry, and I'm not putting any churches down, and this is, believe me, it's not pride at all. Maybe a tad, but not, not a lot. I can repent. No, I'm just teasing. I'm, I'm kind of proud of you guys, not me. But uh, how long would it take the first church in Nicholsville or Lexington area to take a Sunday morning and sew it and go out into a community during church service? And I'm not judging anybody. Because we believe for 12, 10 to 12 years to do it. Because it took faith. You got to pay bills, pay electric and all that. So when you go out like that, you don't know if you get any offering. You're, you're, you're sowing the day. But see, that's where you're at. We're crazy enough to go after God. We miss it sometimes. We mess up sometimes. But what I'm saying, somebody's paid the way for you to be here at this very moment. This worship team's prepared. I prepared stuff. We've all prepared. All the serve teams have prepared. Everyone's prepared. Air conditioning, heat, whatever we need's here, right, lighting? It's all here for you. Now, what are you going to do with it? Well, I might come one night to one of those meetings. You know, I'm pretty busy. I got to get my nails done, or I got a ball game to watch, or I got. I, I, you know, I love sports, but they're not going to be sports in heaven. You do know that, right? Steph's like, thank God. 
He was on my back deck watching me watch that stupid UK game last night. She's like, honey, why do you do? They just went down. They'd been up the, why do you do this yourself? I just, I just growled at her. If I say anything, I'll really get in trouble. I'm going to say, get ready to look. She just laughed and walked on back through there, just like, ha ha, he's being tortured right now. But they won. Anyway, so, now don't go there. Now, I'm not healed over that yet. Bunch of dog pound people beat my bingles. Lord, how mercy, Cleveland dog pound. They can't beat anybody up. They can't beat anybody but us, but anyway. So let me wrap up here before I get totally rambling on out of the auditorium. Everybody start rambling out on me. You may be saying, well, do we really want to pray him back? (laughs) But what I'm saying is we have to prepare for the glory. We have to make a place. We have to set a heart. We have to set an attitude. We have to release faith to set an atmosphere and a place for God to show up and to show out. Anybody believe that this morning? So as, as we begin to focus on it, now this, this coming weekend, I believe, is next level. I really know in my heart, it's not even like it's got to be spectacular, but what it puts in us and what it will propel us through it's, it's going to be a mate. Well, it'll be a bench, benchmark forever for this house, one of the key benchmarks, I promise you. Um, so the glory, the glory of God, what, oh, let me give you this, so, and we'll wrap up here. So we talked about, hey, guy, the, the, the former church, the latter church, the, this church should be greater than the first, right? And whole churches, whole cities, and all this can be changed by the glory of God. The glory of God is coming. I'm just telling you, it's here already, but it's coming at a higher level, a higher weightiness. The Spirit of God, he brings the presence in the midst with him. So we find out that glory is not a thing, an it or a what, it's a who. Paul says it twice in the book of Romans, the letter of Romans. He said, the glory, everybody say the glory, of the Father. Who of the Father? Father God, right? The glory of the Father was the Holy Spirit, which we call the anointing now, right? The Holy Spirit. So, so Holy Spirit, what is the glory of the Father? The Holy Spirit manifests God's presence on his behalf. Then he says again in Romans 6, 4, Christ was raised up from the dead, what? By the glory of the Father. And then it says in Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him, of God, that ra- spirit of him, Holy Spirit, that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it goes on to talk about everlasting life and all that. And then it says in another place, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit in you. So in other words, you can say the same glory from our Father that saved us, that raised us from the dead, and that will raise us on that day when we take our last breath to be absent of bodies, be present with the Lord, is the same glory. The same glory that was in the holy of holies, but magnified billions of times over because it's in all these believers around the world and has been for generations. Just think about the power. Think about the force. Think about the dunamis power like an explosion, like dynamite. Think about the dynamo, the dynamic, the transference of power, water, heat, steam, making electricity. It's a transference. It's a dynamo, and, 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 and it's, a, it's, it's, it's called a, a dunamis, right? Dunamis power, and then also 
We have the dynamic power. Uh, I don't have time to go read that to you right now. Let me wrap up here. Somebody said, please wrap up, Lord. <clears throat> so it's not, and I don't want to put down the word of God because, you know, first half of what God gave me is what? Integrity and faith in the word. Not a word or any word, the word. The word is not a what, it's who. In the beginning, what? The word was God. The word was with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? So what we've got to realize is the word is not an it, it's a who. Now, the word has attributes. The logos is the sum, total, person, and personality of God. Rhema is the attributes of God. It's the promises of God, the manifestation of the promises. That's worth price of admission. Even if you didn't pay anything, it was worth it. So, so God, what's he want to do? Holy Spirit wants to confirm the word, not just by preaching and teaching. And I love to preach and teach, but that's not the only way. That's been the main way, but he wants to do it through demonstration. Everybody say demonstration. What? Of the Spirit with power. Uh, not the, but of Holy Spirit with power. Uh, I'm going to read to you of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 uh, from the TPT translation, right? It says, the message I preach... <clears throat> Paul said this, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with pervasive arguments, but to prove, everybody say prove, to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. You could say the almighty power of God's glory. Saying the same thing, God's glory, God's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has attributes. I have attributes. You have attributes. God has attributes. Holy Spirit manifests. He's the part of the Trinity that manifests God's attributes. Jesus did it before Holy Spirit got here, right? If you want to know what God loves and hates, read the red in your Bible. Everything Jesus loved and hated, that's what God loves and hates. But once he gave us parakletos when he rose from the dead and went and ascended to be at the right hand of the Father in Acts chapter 1 there toward the end, he ascended so that we could what? Receive the promise. What is the promise? Holy Spirit. And then we got the attributes of Holy Spirit. Not only did we get filled with the Holy Spirit, but we got fire like tongues burning. And what it do? It branded us with gifts and talents that are not of this world. Gave us language that's not of this world. Gave us... Gave us uh, anointing for breakthrough, for the miraculous that's not of this world. Everybody say, that's amazing. Wow, that's pretty good. I'll have to use that more. Okay. So, Lutus, the message I preach, what? It's to prove the almighty power of God. Here's the reason. For God intended that your faith, everybody say, my faith, not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty by trusting in God, by trusting in Holy Spirit, by trusting in glory. Not by might, not by power, but what? By my spirit, says the Lord. Or it could be by my glory, says the Lord. You starting to get this now? It's just like grace. Jesus came. Moses brought the law. He gave the law. But Jesus is grace and he came, Romans 5 said, and became the second Adam for us. He is grace. You are saved by Jesus through faith. You are saved by grace through faith. Glory is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is glory. It's all manifesting the presence and attributes of Heavenly Father. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. Greater is the glory of God in me or greater is glory of God in me than the problems in this world. Luke 3 says this, 21 and 22. 
It says, one day Jesus came to be baptized along with all the others. He was consumed with the spirit of prayer. Everybody say the spirit of prayer, and I'm going somewhere with this. The spirit of prayer. And he said, he's consumed with the spirit of prayer, and the heavenly realm ripped open above him as he's being baptized, right, by John the Baptist. And Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the form of a dove and landed on him. Physically landed on him. Then God, with his audible voice, was heard saying, My son, you are my beloved. Through you, I am fulfilled. In other words, you carry me. You carry my, my purpose, my vision. Remember, Jesus said, Well, I won't say anything the Father don't tell me to say. I won't do anything he didn't tell me. Why didn't Jesus just heal everybody every time he walked by? Because God didn't tell him to. He only healed those the Father told him to. Why, why was the, the cripple where Jesus went in that temple many times before he left this earth that was out there his whole life, the blind person out there, the, the cripple out there, you know, begging for alms in front of the temple, right? In Acts 5 or whatever. And Peter and John came up. They'd walked by that cripple many times too. And what did they say? He said, oh, help me help me. He said, no, silver and gold we have none. But as I have, rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. And he rose up and walked. Why didn't Jesus heal him? He didn't want to steal Peter and John's testimony. And it's a great testimony because he got beat up pretty bad, right? And put in jail for a day or two. And the church had to pray to get them out. Everybody say spirit of prayer. So we're going into this thing. I want you, we're going to be fasting four days coming into this at least. I'm asking you to fast with me at least four days coming into this. Well, well what should I fast? Everything you love and like and want, just fast. You'll be miserable. But the power of God will be great. You're not fasting to change God. You're fasting to quieten your, your mind, your body down, your sensory down. What? So that you can be king to revelation and Holy Spirit and the glory of God in your life. So what? When Jesus was in the spirit of prayer. See, there's a difference between praying and praying in the spirit. Jesus was in the spirit of prayer. The heavenly realm ripped open. Think about that. The heavenly realm ripped up. God is opening up heaven over those people's lives that get the revelation and are hungry and pay the price for it. You're not going to pay the price to make it happen. The only price you're going to pay is, is to be obedient. You may not even have to pray or fast. There's times I'll go into these things and don't fast anyway. And then there's times I do. I just got to be obedient to what God tells me to do. Fasting don't do anything except quiet me down, get me ready for what God wants to do so that my flesh is under control. Remember, your spirit is king, your soul is a servant, and your, and your body is a slave. It, it's supposed to be the lowest on the totem pole taking care of things. And instead, it's your soul is king and your body is, king, is number two. Your spirit's number three. So during this time, we're repositioning where it should be the right order and hierarchy of God to where our spirit is dominant and king, especially coming into this time where we need this revelation from God. He said this, I promise you, I'm almost ready to, almost ready to preach, uh, pray for you, preach for you, pray for you. Now I'm going to preach. Uh, somebody said, oh, Gertrude, let's go. I'm turning my hearing aids on, I'm out of here. Uh, the heavenly realm ripped open to him, and Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the form of a dove and landed on him. Then God's audible said, what, this is my son? And he said, you'll fulfill everything. But here's why you realize, until this point, Jesus never did any miracles. Until heaven opened up for the Son of God, he could do no miracles. 
Now, if he wanted to rebel against God, he had the power to, but he was going to be obedient to God. He was going to do it. He's, he's going to do what God said. And God did not release him to do any miracles, signs and wonders, or even preach the gospel, what? Until he was baptized. What's that? An outward showing of an inward work. Heaven opens up. Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove. God's voice is crackling like thunder. They'd never heard a bomb go off. It probably sounded like a bomb going off. This is my son and whom I am well pleased. And through him, he fulfills everything on my behalf. He has my love, my anointing, my faith, my hope. My, everything you need is in Jesus. And everything that's in Jesus is in Holy Spirit and in glory. And we are not only going to have integrity and faith and believe and stand and die for God's word, we're going to also demonstrate and manifest his glory. Acts 1.8, you know this, right? You said, he said what? You shall go wait on the promise, right? You shall receive power, and after that, the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And you will be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And then what are you going to do about the Great Commission, people? What are you, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? You know, I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic. I don't care Methodist, Pentecostal, charismatic, word of faith, faith that, faithy, whatever. I don't really care. Prosper or not prosper, that's up to you. All I can do is teach the truth and hopefully you get it. Sometimes I teach the truth and I learn later there's a better truth. Because <laughs> I'm like you, we're growing. But what do we do with this? And these signs shall follow them that believe. That's dangerous stuff right there. That's why it's called a commission. That means you're partnering with God. We don't have an excuse not to heal the sick. Ooh, quiet in Holy Ghost's house. Now I'm a heavy meddling preacher, I guess. And these signs shall follow them. Any believers in here? Wave at me. You're a believer. You're a believer. Those that are awake are waving at me real hard. You're a believer. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, not my name, not a church name, not an organization's name, not a denomination's name, not a movement's name. In whose name? Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, right? In my name, what? They shall cast out devils. How many of you cast out devils before? How many of you run and hid when you heard a devil? <laughs> they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. How many of you, did you get baptized in the Holy Spirit when Pastor Mark was preaching on it? Or have you been baptized? Do you have your new prayer language? Wave at me. You have your prayer language. doesn't have to be new. You've had it for years, right? They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. It didn't say tempt God. Jesus, you know, he could have fallen off the cliff when he was fasting 40 days, right? Satan said, well, you can just jump off here. 10,000 angels would come get you. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live by the word of God. Every breath and every word that comes out of his mouth. In other words, I'm not tempting God. I'm not tempting daddy. So we don't, but you know what? Paul used this. He got snake bit and shipwrecked, right? And lived to tell about it. So you might need that someday. Don't, don't put it down. Don't be ashamed of it. You already believe in, you know, white milk comes out of a brown cow, lives in a red barn, needs green grass. I mean, you might as well believe in this. Oh, Lord, Gertrude, it's time to go home. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. 
How many ladies, you ever laid hands on the sick? I want everybody to lay hands on the sick and just raise your hands. That means you might have held their hand when you prayed for them, but you had contact. So we don't have an excuse not to if we're a believer. But I don't know, I've never been to cemetery, I mean seminary. I've never been, I don't have a problem with seminaries, I tease about that. I, Lost are teaching the good stuff. It's like any good book, you got to throw the bones out and to me. Yeah, we get that view every week, Pastor. I know. All right, all right. Comedian back here. What am I doing? I'm discerning right now. Okay. They shall take up the drink of anything. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. That doesn't mean everybody you lay hands on will recover. I know Todd White, who's one of my all-time favorites. He's been here, man. He had hundreds baptized in the Holy Ghost when he was here years ago. That's the first time you guys were here. The Averages were here this during that good, good old Baptist folk got that Holy Ghost. Now you're Baptistical. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You mean Catholicostal or Methicostal or not a meth lab, but a Methicostal. You know. See, I, I don't get torn up about this. People get, oh, you talk about my heritage. I'm proud of my heritage, but I don't live there anymore. Hallelujah. You don't look back. You just thank God for it and go on. Um, so not only will they re recover, what does it say though? It also said, and they go forth preaching the gospel with what? Signs following. What? Laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead. That, that, that's, you go over to Hebrews. What are you going to do with Hebrews? Where it said, here's the basics. Raise the dead, heal the sick, open blind eyes. Oh, by the way, get people saved, fill the Holy Spirit. But I mean, it's those in there, raise the dead and all that. Like it's just, it is. It's milk. It's not even meat. It's the milk, he called it of the word, the writer did. The milk. And God's people have went before us, people. There's so much out there. Now you don't have to buy books anymore. You can get online and just learn anything you want about the kingdom. We have no excuse to not walk in the power of God. We have no excuse. We have no excuse not to live a heartfelt, loving, prosperous, God-caring, God-giving life. We'd have no excuse. Now, we're all in transition, and sometimes we're in, and sometimes we're down, and sometimes we're up. I'm like you. Sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I, I, I say or do something stupid or whatever or make a dumb decision. I know it's really rare, isn't it, baby? She's like, I don't want to answer that. But so, no, I'm just teasing. But we all do, we're human, and we're, we're living in a cursed world. But you, it's like Miss Gwen's prophecy. You can't look at where you miss it and what happened over here. And what You gotta focus on where you're going. You gotta focus on the promise. You gotta focus on what God said. You're gonna heal the sick. You're gonna cast out devils. You're gonna set captives free. Signs are following. You're not looking for a sign. Signs follow you. And if signs follow you, that means God's pointing people in your direction. Oh, that was good right there. Hallelujah. That's just good. That's good, wasn't it? Travis. Travis. Come on, man. They didn't think I'd get it, Travis. They think I'd keep calling you Reggie forever. I just, I told, I told, I said, I'll just think of Travis Green and I'll get it. And after I do it two or three times, he's awesome. He's over he's over my house one night. We're out on back. I called him Reggie all night. He's so nice. He just said, idiot, it's Travis, not Reggie. But he loves me. That's the main thing. So we get ready to pray here. Think about the anointing, charisma. It means anything smeared on, thick-scented anointing. 
ointment, sweet oil, perfume. Creo, the root of that, means the ointment of Holy Spirit, which flows all the gifts. That's where you get charisma. Creo is the root of charisma. Charis is the root of charisma, I mean. Charis is grace. It's the grace gifts. The anointing is the impartation of God's enabling power operating through the life and ministry of church and of its believers. Now, how many of you have received a word from me or other people under very anointing circumstances, probably laid hands on you, prophesied to you, that you have an anointing for healing, an extra anointing for healing gifts, right way back? I'll go ahead and get some of you because I'm so tired of praying it over you. It's about to, Terry, you better raise your stinking hand, son. You too, Jamie. Or other things have been prophesied over you. Other things about business, entrepreneurship, or healing, being healed, being set free, whatever it is. So what are you going to do with that? You know, there's people that I love today that don't even go to this church anymore. They were believing for a job. They were believing for a career. They were believing for a marriage. They, were, they get it, and years later, they just up and go in an unhealthy way. Some go in a healthy way. That's good. I love them anyway. I love them either way. Even if they come back, I love them. If they don't, I love them. Why? Because I'm not perfect either. But what I'm saying is we connect to covenant and relationship, and we lose the benefits of that covenant. So you enter the next place the way you leave the last place. If you're upset, bitter, in unbelief, you're going to go right in that other place. And if it's perfect, you're going to mess it up because there is no perfect place. It's also that way in the transitions of your life. Your marriage can be better. Your dating life can be better. You know, your career can be better. Your health can be better. Everything. Your anointing can be better. It can be stronger. It can be greater. There isn't a thing, there isn't anything that can't be greater. God is not good. God is great. Holy Spirit, glory of God is in you for your sake, but the glory of God is on you, what? For the sake of others. We're here for others. Meg got it half right. She's learning. I love her. Like, well, you know, we're here for, we're here for Jesus and Holy Spirit. Well, it's half of it. We're here for that so we can give it to others, right? She's amazing. This, do we have anointed teams around here? Yeah. Tell me. Okay. I, everybody's like, you're, you're not even giving me eye contact now. You're done. I'm like, I, I haven't seen you for a while. I'm going to yell at you for three weeks, man. I'm like, let's stand. We'll pray. So who is making the announcements at the end? Meg? Are we talking about the opportunity for prayer and fasting and all that? Hallelujah. How many of you will, will at least pray every day for some time? And how many of you will at least take some portion of this week and fast with me? Just stand with me here. Amen. A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And I'm telling you, as we, we put prayer and fasting with loving and serving and giving and all those things, there's not a thing we can't do for God. This is a benchmark time in the spirit in the glory of God. And we're going to see him manifest in ways that's going to blow our minds. And what I love about the glory, it has a residue on it. It stains you. You know, there's just certain glory marks I got that's been with me since I first got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So it, I can count on it, man. If I got to do it, I, I know I can do it in my sleep because I got the glory stain. Sometimes you just need an oily glory stain, that anointing stain that won't come out. Like I get my golf shirts all the time. You can't get it out. Hallelujah.
I just want to pray with you right now. Just raise, put your hands out like this to receive. Father, I just thank you for my family and friends and those that are visiting today, those watching online or watch later this broadcast. I, I just thank you, God, that you have brought us together for this time. You have marked us. You have called us for such a time as this. Your glory lives in us. It's doing for us what we can't do on our own. And it's being used to do for others what they can't do for themselves. Father, we know faith, hope, and love is what makes it all work. If there's anything in our heart, God, that's anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, confusion, anxiety, fear, worry, go in Jesus' name. Peace, freedom, love, faith, hope, come now. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Show yourself glory. Show yourself glory. Show yourself glory in our home. Show yourself glory in the workplace. Show yourself when we're shopping. Show yourself when we're exercising. Show yourself glory so we can practice and grow in glory by the reason of use. Lord, I just thank you for your love, your hope for all those that need healing, deliverance. I speak that over them now in Jesus' name.